0: Hi, welcome to Great Hearts Table. I especially welcome you who are new to the podcast. I'm glad you've come, and I encourage you to nose around to check out other episodes. I'm really honored that you would be here. Uh, Some of you have reached out to me, given feedback, support, encouragement, all of which is really, really appreciated. If you're a regular listener, I hope you would subscribe, and if you feel inclined, leave a review. That's all helpful, I'm told, in getting the word out. One of my motives in producing Great Hearts Table is to validate and encourage the ministry of the small church pastor. And yet in so doing, I'm not naive. The small church can have a very corrosive impact on the pastor's heart. We need to talk about that. Thanks for joining us. Oh my favorite people are broken Believe At the end of January, I ran a 5K with my daughter Jerusha and Rob, our church's music leader. Rob is in his late 30s. I'm midway through my 60s. That the two of us crossed the finish line at the same time was quite gratifying. It was also potentially toxic. The official results revealed that I actually beat Rob. My pace was .4 seconds per mile faster than his. This proved, of course, that I was better than he. I may be old, but I'm good. Better than Rob. Better than you. That, of course, is where comparison leads. If you're a pastor, you know that. To find one's validation in comparison with others leads inexorably to the sins of pride and envy. A path traveled by many an old runner and many more small church pastors. Small church pastors look for validation in a world awash with bigness. They look for a narrative to help them escape the blame they may feel for their church's smallness. Many persuade themselves and their churches that they're small because they're pure, Their smallness is actually a testimony to God's favor. Led by the courage of their pastor, they have refused the inevitable compromises large churches must embrace. They have boldly resisted the slippery slide into the heterodoxy that is required by growth. That they are not them is their identity, and their calling, they believe, is to name the sin of others and to oppose the degradation of truth and practice that others champion. We know this narrative. We've seen it. Perhaps we've lived it, and such pride is corrosive, deadly to grace, and transforms God's beautiful people into monstrous caricatures. Pride's twin is envy, and envy creates a narrative not of judgment but of hatred. Small church pastors lust after the cushy placement and supposed ease of large church pastors. Those pastors have people to do things for them that small church pastors have to do themselves. They are paid substantially more, have the freedom to travel, and can plan for a secure retirement. Pastors of larger churches seem to always have the right thing to say. They are known and respected in the wider church. Their preaching is captivating and full of insight. They post a trite platitude on Twitter and the response suggests they have just solved the problem of evil. Small church pastors, always looking ahead at a runner they will never catch, become resentful. Resentment, unchecked, becomes hatred. Envy blinds them to the beauty of their own callings and makes it impossible for them to celebrate the blessings that come to others. Instead of celebrating other pastors' joy, they secretly wish them harm. Envy isolates us and drives us to find camaraderie with those who share our penchant for criticism thus only feeding our disease. We do these things to feel good about ourselves, but it eats away at our hearts. Though Paul reminds us that godliness with contentment is great gain, we can only see what we lack and are swallowed by it. Pride and envy, if they don't drive us from ministry, turn us into fighters. We become angry and contentious like the small kid in middle school who had to learn to fight in order to feel any sense of adequacy. Pride and envy more than orthodoxy may be the impulses that birth Facebook groups and other coalitions aimed at unseating the well-known. As a young pastor, I was warned about the damage the power dynamics of a small church could do to my ministry. I was not warned about the dangers that being small in a culture of big could do to my heart. As I stared at those race results, I realized that Rob's pace was slower than mine only because he chose to cross the finish line with me. Had he taken a few extra steps beyond me, which would have been easy for his legs, which were only 30 years old or so, he would have undermined my gloating. He didn't. He chose rather to run with me, to treat the old guy as his equal. We need such people. I've struggled with pride and envy and still do. But early in my ministry, God gifted me with a treatment that I neither expected nor sought, but which has dampened the power of these twin evils. Larry Edison, the senior pastor of a large church near mine, and Dave Sturkey, a dynamic and multi-gifted church planter, were happy to call me a friend. To them, I was not the small church pastor. I was just fellow pastor. I didn't have to prove my validity by anger or hatred. I wish we all could have such friends, but know this. Your church need not be large to be valid or small to be good. We need to know that. Having friends who run with us can help. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. I hope you will email me with comments and questions so that I can better know you. And I hope you'll subscribe and encourage others to do so. Thanks for joining us at Great Hearts Table. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found, called home. Take a lift to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness called home.